Hi, and welcome back to our podcast, School Buzz. It's been a minute since I've done one of these. COVID kind of threw a wrench in my podcasting and um, made it a little bit difficult, but it's nice to be back. Might as well use the equipment. I've got it. And for Cybersecurity Month, we have Brandon Weber, who is our director of ITS, talk about some of the things that are going on, attacks that we have to think about, and how to keep ourselves safe. So welcome, Brandon. Hi, how's it going? So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I kind of come from an oddball collection of experience, uh, which covers waiting tables, dabbling in air traffic control, working in aerospace and defense at a Fortune 100 company, and then being brought back to as a director of the district that I kicked my professional IT experience off in. Um, I love tech. I put my first computer together when I was eight years old and have been playing with computers ever since. I have a wife. Uh, We're celebrating 13 years of marriage this November. A six-year-old daughter, a two-year-old son, a dog, and a cat. A full household. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. And we're happy you're here. We're happy you came back to us after leaving us for a brief minute of time. Um, Cybersecurity has become a huge problem for educational institutions. What are some of the steps that ITS has taken to protect the district? So ransomware in particular uh, has been growing significantly in the uh, K-12 education sector. Uh, To mitigate this threat, we've been looking at adding uh, several different programs and services. Uh, We've added the malicious domain blocking and reporting service from the MSISAC. MSISAC is a group kind of organized by a nonprofit that's funded by Department of Homeland Security. I hope you held on to that one because there's a couple of uh, somersaults in that one. (laughs) Um, But it essentially, it blocks any of our traffic uh, that would be going to malicious domains. We also have enrolled in cyber hygiene scans that kind of let us know how we look um, externally uh, from our network. Internally, we also use our vulnerability scans. And we've also been having a, a weekly meeting kind of planning our infrastructure and security roadmap. It's taken a lot more time than it used to, because um, it used to be that we weren't really a, a target for a many years in education. They kind of left us alone. They figured, um, I guess we didn't have the money for it or <laughs> wouldn't pay. But now that people have been paying ransomwares that come through educational institutions and hospitals, those kind of things are, are big targets for criminals because they figure if they can get 10000 here and 10000 there, they've made you know a lot of money. So... Yeah, our, our ability to fly under the radar is long gone now. Yep. Um, so have we ever had a cybersecurity incident in our district? Uh, we just recently did have one. Um, and uh, it was essentially a remote access Trojan uh, known as kind of a backdoor. And it's a piece of malware that installs on the computer itself. And then it kind of captures information and sends it. It can also kind of execute commands from there too. So we were we were notified of um, some weird behavior from a user, and we as we were investigating, uh, we saw some odd traffic from the computer in question to an IP address that was flagged as malicious. As we investigated that, we found that there was another uh, computer on our network that had uh, a similar malware on it, although it was ironic because it was a completely separate instance. So we did get lucky that it was 
simply a remote access Trojan. Unfortunately, the users uh, who were impacted were not as lucky. There were various charges kind of brought up on their credit cards and bank accounts and stuff like that too. Uh, but we were able to segregate the uh, systems that were impacted and uh, get rid of the uh, malware. So did it like have a, a keystroker on it so it would get um, passwords and information from it? Yeah, one of them was identified as probably having a key logger. The other one didn't. You know, this malware is pretty advanced now. So there's different components that it's typically segmented in. There's your typical dropper, and that's kind of what loads, you know, different to whatever your, your flavor of malware is that you want to do. So it only looked like there was a key logger on one, but there was a key logger on one. And do we know, like, where this originated from? Was it, like, from a different country or? So the uh, the traffic, I think, uh, looked like it came from uh, something like Africa. Um, it was, we looked at some more of the uh, history of the devices, and it, it seemed to be that they had simply gone to a website looking for some sort of resources, you know, to do your work as you know most people do uh, but unfortunately they had uh, downloaded uh, the malware that was uh, disguised as a PDF mm. yeah they get tricky don't they yeah so what are we doing I know that we we're having a little bit of a problem with zoom right now because <laughs> zoom wants us <laughs> to sign a new privacy agreement and it doesn't agree with our California standards for student privacy what do we do to protect students data and identity uh, on onboarding, we ensure that we have all pro programs sign a data privacy agreement. Um, this ensures that we're doing that the companies that we do business with are also protecting the data in the same way that we would and are not turning around and trying to sell it or profit off it. Mm -hmm. uh, all external data transfers that we do with these companies and these organizations are encrypted. Uh, we also apply principles of least privilege and actually and you know another meeting that our data team is having is kind of um, self-auditing our uh, roles and who, who has access to what and kind of doing the appropriate tuning as well so we're kind of approaching it in a multi-layered I remember once there was a, a principal who called me because the teachers were going to a conference and he wanted them to have the ability to download um, anything they needed on their computer, I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's hard to understand that, um, you know, because at home you can do whatever you want with your computer, which is fine. But as a work device, we have to be so careful. And because it's so easy to get malware and to get an attack, that we don't give people privileges that you would have normally at home, but you don't have them here at work. So um, a little bit different and kind of Kind of makes people mad sometimes, but yeah. it's okay. I can explain yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's definitely a, a different experience, you know, than your, your home computer. Um, you know, everything, you know, we're looking at is at scale. So we need to make sure, you know, like we can protect it because we are definitely outnumbered, outgunned, and outmatched <laughs> uh, in IT. There are, are far more of you all out there than there are of us. Exactly. Um so here at work, I mean, we have a firewall, we have virus protection, we have a lot of things that the normal individual doesn't have at home. So how can people protect themselves at, at home at their own computers? So some of the, the top ones that, that come to mind are ensuring that you have your system is patched, 
um, that your antivirus is up to date. When possible, you know, use a password manager. This allows you to create uh, unique passwords for every platform that you log into. Otherwise, this would be a very challenging ask, but that's kind of the other component to it is make sure that you have an, a unique password for every account that you have, which is mostly only you know possible through password managers nowadays because you can generate hundreds of accounts. Uh, enabling multi-factor authentication with those accounts too, whenever possible. And then also making sure that you know when you're you're browsing the sites, you look for first off reputable ones that seem like they're not some you know sketchy flash game you know .com, but ones that are using HTTPS, uh, which is indicated by typically in the URL bar. There's a little padlock icon, and that kind of ensures that you're at least talking with the domain or the server that I identifies as that domain. So you mean like when you're looking, when you're putting in an address and when it comes back, there's like a little lock by it? Yeah. So it looks mm -hmm. like a little lock. So you yeah. want to use that. Um, and if it doesn't have it, you might want to be suspicious of it, right? Yes, definitely. So you don't use the same password for multiple accounts, right? No. You don't no. use monkey123? No, I don't use monkey123. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found a website once that was like um, to see if your password was strong. Mm -hmm. And so it could, you know, if you put it in, it would say, uh, we could hack this in one day or we could hack this in, you know, 10, 10 years. And uh, my passwords, I put in a couple of them and they're like, we could never break this password. I'm like, yes, good. <laughs> and then you always got to be scared about that because, yeah. you know, like, what are they doing with that password? <laughs> well, I don't it put it. It was a test password. It was a test password. <laughs> yeah, I don't put in my actual password because yeah. uh, I don't want you to have it. So if you think that you've been hacked, what steps should you take? So it can, it can depend on the situation you know do you feel like you're you know what is the weird behavior you're seeing but um you know if it's an account type thing where you think your account has have some different usage than what you would typically be doing that's something where you want to take a look at resetting your password um and then again you know enabling multi-factor authentication if possible if it's uh, your device seems to be doing some weird things, um, that would be obviously scan it with your antivirus. But if your antivirus is not picking something up, then potentially try to go out and find uh, another kind of antivirus product and scan with that. Typically, they'll allow you to do a quick little trial or something along that line. So uh, essentially uh, get a second opinion um, in the antivirus world. And then uh, if it does you know, flag some some uh, malware or anything like that. Uh, typically, they can kind of do some cleaning up, but it's oftentimes hard for antivirus to find all of the little nooks and crannies where malware can hide. So at that point, I know this kind of gets a little technical too, but I would recommend just pulling your data off uh, the device and then, you know, turning it into your local kind of computer repair shop or whatever you use for that and looking for a, a full wipe then. Could you do a factory reset on it? Would that take care of the problem? Yeah, so a lot of times you'll get a, when you get a new computer, it'll have like its own little uh, partition set up for recovery and you can use that typically. Maybe, you know, tap in your uh, tech savvy, you know, eight-year-old, 10-year-old to help you out <laughs> or, or the neighbor kid or something like that uh, to help you with the process. But once you get, you know, your, your data that you want to save off of it, just going back to a, a factory reset is typically a good move. You can also give a gift card to your um, 
a site computer tech. And, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe he or she will help you out on that. Um, so any other suggestions or advice during this month when we have to be thinking about cybersecurity? Uh, just, you know, kind of keep in mind that it's, it's a constant threat that's out there. And there are, unfortunately, it's become a, a massive industry. You know, like the, the numbers are just crazy compared to, to what it used to be. And so anytime there's money involved, you know, there's, there's people looking at it. So just kind of keep that in mind when you're, when you're online is that people are able to profit off of you in a multitude of different ways. And so just kind of keeping that, you know, as they, as they say, stay frosty, mm-hmm. uh, stay frosty online and uh, just kind of uh, be aware. And if you feel like you are, you know, overwhelmed or outmatched, outgunned, whatever, uh, you know, reach out and, and there's a ton of resources out there um, put together by CISA, which is uh, Cybersecurity Infrastructure I forget the SA uh, <laughs> agency, um, but you know there's there's a lot of uh, and there's also a stopransomware.org. There's a lot of resources out there where you can just kind of get uh, educated on you know what those threats look like and and what some good mitigating steps are to to looking at your cyber profile. I think another thing that I would think about is I have um, elderly um, relatives. And they don't sometimes understand, you know, they didn't use computers when they were at work. And so helping them understand, hey, you don't um, click mm-hmm. on every link that's sent yeah, to you yeah. or, or that, that prince is trying to give you money uh, that doesn't come around anymore. But um, to not trust those things and to realize that a lot of that is spam because there was something that my mother-in-law got recently. She's like, what is this? Why were they asking me this? I said, just delete it. Don't, if you don't recognize mm-hmm. it, just delete it. And understanding that because I think that's hard for that older generation that didn't really work on computers. And so this is really brand new to them. And I think a lot of scammers target our elderly population. Yeah, that's that's probably one of the populations that's kind of hardest to mitigate for because, you know, yeah, they, you know, they grew up when there's so much personal face to face. So someone says, hello, you know, you say hello back, you know, <laughs> whereas, you know, the millennials and, and later we're we grown up with, you know, getting hundreds and hundreds of spam emails like on a daily basis so our ability to just ignore you know ignore the stuff you know is is uh is very different just even culturally kind of with that Mm -hmm. um so you know if you know think about your elders (laughs) (laughs) y'all and keep those kids from downloading stuff (laughs) all right well thank you brandon i appreciate you coming on being my first uh, podcast of 2021 (laughs) it's been a while we do want to give a community shout out to Baby to Baby. Uh, they have been donating products to our kids, so they have clothes, they have school supplies, beautiful backpacks. Uh, they just do such wonderful things for our kids, and we try to um, pick out our homeless children or our foster kids so they get extra things that they they don't normally have. Uh, but we really like our partnership with them and appreciate it. So our next podcast is how to get hired. So you know anybody looking for a job, we're hiring in Lancaster and we'll tell you how to to be successful. All right. Thank you.